Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello. Hello. <laughs> We're recording. I'm scared to move this out that we've got very large cubes of ice this week and the gonna be really loud. <laughs> yeah, we're drinking. Very strong gin and tonics. I just took a sip and I was like, how much gin did you put in this thing? And, you, and Grace goes, two shots? I was like, 60 mils of gin. That's two that's two drinks in one. For absolutely no reason, but... I poured us a double I'm generous not. bartender. I don't even know. Is that what they call here a double? Yeah, they're very, like, liberal here. Right. Once I was drinking double whiskey sodas at the Cock and Bottle, and I got, like, pretty drunk. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. realize that. I thought a double... This is really boring. But I thought a double here was, like, 30 mil. Uh. And a single is 15. I don't know anymore. Yeah, because <laughs> this feels fucked, but I might be wrong. quadruple. Yeah, I <laughs> could be wrong. Yeah, I feel like I am wrong, actually. I get really hammered here. When you order a glass of wine, it's like filled to the top yes. of the whole glass. Yes. It's like not very tasteful, but it's good. Yeah, sorry about the clinging to everybody. How was your Italian adventure? It was very nice, very picturesque, four days away i just feel very like well rested and calm and lovely you were <laughs> you're so awkward i know i don't know how to talk about it i feel so bad talking about going away when i know australians are listening right yeah you said that you woke up to go to the airport and i was posting on my insta stories yeah i woke up from to the leave night. and izzy was still out at like it was like 3 30 in the morning yeah at some sort of Lock-in. Lock-in, deranged lock-in. There was a conga line. <laughs> yeah, I went to a Portuguese football club for dinner randomly. And then they just, they like shut the, we were in a garage and they shut the roller door to the garage and we were like, what's going on? And then we realized it was a lock-in. And so we all just got really smashed. We were drinking, my friends, I wasn't, I was doing tequila shots, but my friends were doing shots called blowjob shots. And you have to, you can't use your hands and you have to just put your head at the table and take a shot of this disgusting cream stuff that they made for us. That sounds fun though. It was really fun. And it was just, it was like the most random crowd in the world. There were all these kids. There were just all these old <laughs> the kids in the locker. The kids, the blowjob yeah, shots. Yeah. And all these old people. <laughs> and then these amazing Portuguese women who were teaching us how to dance. One of them was a choreographer. My friend got her number and she's obviously like, they're never going to text. 
So that was really fun. I've done that so many times. Gotten people's numbers. Just or like follow people on Instagram, like get DM'd the next morning and I'm like, who are you? I know. <laughs> I did that recently where I was like, and I and I was explaining how you always do this and you never follow through. But this time I'm gonna follow through and I can't wait to hang out with you guys and rah rah rah. And then for a while they were popping up. Um, like the Insta stories were coming up first, and I was like, "Who's yeah, this?" Yeah, the Instagrams. So you're like, "Who is this?" <laughs> yeah, and then you realize, and, and they the, follow no one that you follow, and no one you know follows yeah. them, and you're like, "How the hell yeah. did this happen?" And then I had like a flashback to um, trying to coerce this guy into giving me his jewel, even though it's COVID times, and he just he was like, "No, I don't <sighs> want to share saliva with you." And I was like, "I was like, I'm fully vexed. Give me the goddamn Give jewel." <laughs> And then I woke up and was like, no, I'm trying to unfollow those people. Yeah, I remember going out, I can't even remember where we were, and just having like a flashback to this really nice Irish couple buying us like rounds and rounds of Patron shots. And I was like, how did we even get here? Wait, are you talking about that couple? You're not talking about that couple. Remember when we went out? No, there's a couple, couple that we went out with and the woman was like buttering us up for some sort of pyramid, pyramid scheme. scheme. You didn't realize. An MLM. Yeah. Let's yeah. be official. She had buying us bottles of champagne. I know. And then was emailing us, trying to get us to join her like beauty business MLM scheme. Yeah. That was top three naughty nights in terms of just like descending out of control unexpectedly yeah at a location that shall not be named <laughs> for legal reasons <laughs> charges are ongoing <laughs> never ever 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 going back to that sydney location Certain in our place. lives band pay for patreon and we'll tell you where it was <laughs> That is very true. Yeah, we should tell everyone on Patreon what happened at that place. Yeah, also, yeah. speaking of Patreon, last week I told everyone on that episode that um, I'd been trying to convince Grace for ages. I was like, okay, we have to give the Patreon subscribers something that no one else is getting. Anywhere. Anywhere. On the internet. Yeah. On the internet. I literally thought I made it up and then someone texted us the other day. Wait, I need to finish my story first and then okay. I'll tell you that. But um, I was like, okay, we need to give them something that they're not – Getting elsewhere, like, rah, rah, why don't we add them to our close friends on Instagram stories? And Grace was just like, okay, we, A, never use Instagram. B, are trying not never, to use ever Instagram. Use Instagram stories. C, never, yeah. ever, ever use after work drinks Instagram. <laughs> You're just going to, like, set yourself up to fail. So then I sat on it for a few weeks. Yeah. And then came up with a business plan. And then, and then, and then pitched it to her while she had her guard down while we were vintage shopping. <laughs> And said, look, I'm going to look after it. I, I genuinely think this will get the girls excited. I genuinely think it'll get more people to sign up to Patreon and we'll get like good episode content, like rah, rah, and I'll just do it and it will be fine. So then. And get the girls excited, it did. And get the girls excited, it did. I got home drunk after the conga line and realized I hadn't posted about it. So at 4 a.m. was when I put up that post on our Patreon saying, give me them Instagram handles. Oh, did you see so you share the conga line footage with everyone? Yeah. Yeah, no, I did that on, yeah. And and then, um, so I did that like 4am and then I woke up to hundreds of Instagram handles and I was like, God, I didn't think about how to fucking do this. Oh yeah, you had to manually add everyone. Yeah, it's stressful mm. as, added like the wrong people. It was just, I was really hungover. Um, but anyway, everyone is in close friends. I've started posting content and it is actually really fun. Excellent. So another incentive to you unconverted listeners. Yeah. It's all happening behind the scenes Behind now. the pea brain. It's for the highest tier Patreon, right? Yeah. Our pea brains only. Pea brains only zone. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's actually really funny. At first I was like, um, I put up a thing saying in a bid to keep me off this godforsaken app, I'm not going to reply to any of you probably ever. And then now I just reply to everyone and we just chat shit about That's John nice. Mulaney and Olivia Munn and et cetera, et cetera. I know, I'm going to FOMO not being in it now. I don't, don't really know how to inject myself. I know. <laughs> it's a grace-free zone. I was posting about you I yesterday. I can do some takeovers. I can do some, like, <laughs> one-day takeovers. I'll be like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are posting. We were all talking about your Instagram yesterday. And the- it went, went well. It went well, it yeah. It went down a treat. The sunglasses were really good. Yeah, so we talked in the Patreon last week about how I've never ever in my whole life been able to find a pair of sunglasses that suit me. 
My mum texts me. Because you have a big head. My mum texts me and goes, you don't have a pumpkin head, darling. Please stop saying that. (laughs) (laughs) You do. I do. It's fine. Coral. It's okay to have a pumpkin head. I have an egg head, as we've (laughs) talked about many a time. (laughs) No, you say egg is so funny. Egg. (laughs) Egg head. Yeah, and then we did some Googling, and then now I found a pair of sunglasses at work Mm. for my face. Yeah. pink. They're pink. They look very good. End of tail. End of tail. I would like to also say that um, as I have posted at our close friends, we both got Sally Rooney's new book, which we're excited about. Every chuggy millennial woman out there is excited about. Been rushing to a <laughs> rushing to a fucking bookstore. It's like stones. Harry Potter all over again. Yeah. And we're going to zip through it this week and talk about it next week. So if everyone else get reading and we can reconvene here in a week's time. Yeah. Is it out everywhere at once? It's out. It came out everywhere yesterday. Okay. Amazing. So, yeah. Everyone read. It'll be like a book club and send us your thoughts beforehand so we can yes. read them. Okay. Did you read The Guardian's Angelina Jolie interview? I did. Her most intimate interview in years everyone is saying really yeah. yeah i did i um didn't mean to read the whole thing but i got sucked in i find her just really an, a really interesting person same big big fan yeah so basically she is releasing a book called know your rights for children and it's literally about them knowing they're kind of legal and what civil just like their rights <laughs> essentially i do find that even just that part of an interesting idea because you do I don't know if this sounds stupid, but I do forget that you have, like, legally entrenched rights that have been in place for hundreds of years and we're just never taught them. We're not taught fuck all. Nothing. (laughs) That's why we're all idiots and everything's going wrong is because we're we're taught so little about history and stuff. But in terms of, like, the right to work or the right to shelter or the right – I don't understand legally how any of that stuff works. Yeah, well, I was – watching that um documentary i told you about ages ago which i still think everyone should watch it's called push and it's about the housing crisis and um the un woman was talking and she was just like the way uh the rental market and the property market is going is actually a humanitarian crisis because it is a human right to have access to housing Mm -hmm. and the way people are getting priced out of housing now goes against their rights as humans like it's actually completely fucked up because what's happening is all of these crazy big companies are buying um, housing estates and really uh, putting the price up, basically. Yeah. So it's quite crazy. It's like an actual humanitarian crisis because you can't you can't do that and just leave all these people homeless. But- and like the refugee crisis, how people don't want refugees coming to their country, and it's like it's literally a human right to seek asylum. It's not people being naughty yeah <laughs> it's like a legally entrenched thing it's like I, I feel like we don't even understand mm. what that means i know so good on and we're gonna buy good on Angie. children's rights our next book club episode so yeah she's releasing that and then in the guardian piece what happened she kind of said something she kind of alluded to her own situation and then the guardian guy goes you have to be a bit more clear are you talking about your legal situation with brad pitt and Angelina was like, I legally, I'm in the middle of a legal thing at the moment, so I can't actually say anything. And then he just said, well, you're going to have to be a bit more clear because there's so much written about you. Are you talking about the custody battle and the abuse allegations? And then she nodded. He goes, I know you can't say it, but if that's what it's about, nod. And then she nodded. I was like, ooh. This is a very hostage situation-y. And I'm sure a nod is the same as saying yes as far as, like, the press is concerned. (laughs) Yes, basically the insinuation was that she started thinking about children's rights to not live in an environment of abuse and violence and their legal rights because of her home situation with Brad Pitt, which is crazy, and what she thought her children were entitled to. So that insinuation is pretty explosive. Yeah, and she was basically saying that she realised in this legal battle that her kids couldn't speak even though they wanted to because they're underage, I guess. And she's been criticised for the fact that it's come out that her children will be testifying in court in the custody hearing because people are saying that's her weaponising her kids' against brad pitt but she said i think my children have a right to share their experiences in a conversation about how they're going to live their lives 
which actually makes a little sense, sense when you explain it's explained that way. Yeah, and apparently three of her kids have said that they want to speak, but they're not allowed, which is quite crazy. crazy. Yeah. yeah, so she tells me she's sworn to silence. Well, not if you're talking about the divorce and the allegations. She nods. She answers, often you cannot recognize something in a personal way, especially if your focus is on the greatest global injustices because everything else seems smaller. It's so hard. I'd like to be able to have this discussion and it's so important. She makes a couple of efforts to complete her sentence, gives up and starts again. I'm not the kind of person who makes decisions like the decisions I had to make lightly. It took a lot for me to be in a position where I felt I had to separate from the father of my children. Which is very interesting. It's also quite foul of all of us, especially that um, we just talk about how hot Brad Pitt is when he's had all these allegations against him. And And also, like, what I didn't even put two and two together with until she spelled it out in this article is that he worked with Harvey Weinstein a bunch of times after both Gwyneth Paltrow and Angelina Jolie had both told him that he had assaulted them. Yeah, well, we didn't know about the Angelina Jolie thing. So in this... Angelina talks about her incident with Harvey Weinstein when she was 21. She said, women often downplay an assault if they manage to escape, as she did at the time. If you get yourself out of the room, you think he attempted but didn't, right? The truth is that attempt and the experience of the attempt is an assault. She said she doesn't Which want to talk. so true as yeah. well. I feel like people split the Weinstein thing into attempted assault and actual assault. It's like they're all assaults. Yeah. Completely, making you feel completely unsafe. Yeah, and having to run away. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you'd be terrified. So she said she doesn't want to derail the book and stories about Harvey, but that was an abusive rights. It was. It was beyond a pass. It was something I had to escape. And then she said, "Um, I never associated or worked with him again, and it was hard for me when Brad did. So we didn't know until now that she had told Brad Pitt that he'd tried to assault her, and then Brad Pitt starred in 2009 – Inglorious Bastards, which was co-produced by the Weinstein Company. And in 2012, Brad Pitt approached Weinstein to work as a producer for a thriller. We fought about it. Of course, it hurt. Firstly, there's no way he didn't know because we know that back Gwyneth Paltrow... It's like, this is media narratives, man. It's crazy. Gwyneth Paltrow... Do you remember she came out and said, Weinstein assaulted me and I told Brad Pitt, who was my fiancé at the time... And he went and physically threatened Weinstein and said, if you ever touch her again, I'll kill you or something. And then we all, this is like the context of media, we're all like, oh my God, Brad Pitt is such an amazing guy. Mm. And it stopped there. Why did no one look into it and be like, yeah, but he worked with him again in 2009 and in 2013. And he asked him to produce a film for him. Yeah. And he was at the premiere. And Angelina Jolie has never worked with him since she was 20 and wouldn't go to that premiere. Like the, people just want to love these guys it's just so terrible i want to hate the women i know i can't think of anything more despicable than knowing a man had assaulted your partner and actively going to work with him i understand that sometimes you're working on a film he happens to be attached and maybe in hollywood it was like really hard to say no to every single project he had some involvement with but like seeking him out to produce a movie it's not okay if that was a whole bunch of different other actors we would be like, cancel them. Yeah. Because it's Brad Pitt. Everyone just wants to forgive him. I know. So embarrassing. So disgusting. Um, Also, I just remembered what I was going to tell you before about the close friends thing. My stupid brain is so small. Uh, We had done an episode, like, literally, like, a year ago where where we were talking about how Carolyn Colloway makes people pay to be part of her close friends. And we were just – and we were like – a genius, a, a oh, clever marketing so tool, yeah. and then someone sent us a voice note of it and was just like, you guys acting like – because I was like, I've come up with this great idea, and then someone else in our Patreon was like, Flex Mommy does this. I was like, oh, my God, oh I didn't my know God. about that. And I was also like, everything – like, Flex is just so on the ball with everything. She's a genius. I know. But I'm... I didn't know that. I'm going to pay to be part of her close friends now. That's so smart. Yeah. Caroline Colloway is really good at – monetizing herself as well yeah you should copy more of her things i can write an expose about you and then you can write one back about me and put it behind a paywall i'm gonna write an expose about your instagram and say they're my pants i in (laughs) that picture she was wearing my My pants pants that she borrowed that she borrowed without credit i think the cut would pick that up (laughs) 
<laughs> and then I'll do a rebuttal behind a paywall. Yeah. That's our next money-making scheme, girlies. Fab. Okay. I read a piece. I was going to talk about the, this. I read. I was going to talk about this horrific Netflix show that I watched that I loved, but it was just, it's just pure trash, but it's called Clickbait. But there's not much to say about it other than it's trashy and really addictive and has a guy from Entourage in it. Should I watch it or not really? Only if you're just bored and want to want to put something on. I find I like love watching crappy. It's it's really up my alley because I just love watching crap that I can just put on and not think. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Also, my um, <laughs> I've said I've called it crap like seven times, which I don't mean because my housemate worked on it. <laughs> this show, <clicked> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely love the show. She she she'll know what I mean. It's just like easy to watch Netflix low stuff, lowbrow. Yeah. But yeah, she worked on it, and her face is in it in two episodes. Is it? Because mm. it because they are on it's clickbait, so it's like heaps of social media stuff, and she's mm. one of the she's uh, one of the Facebook friends. We should have photos. asked for our photos. To I know. Yeah, all of that friend group. They do a it. season two. Yeah. I'm asked to be in it. I was, yeah, mention her. Put my name forward as well, please. <laughs> my face. I haven't even seen it. Oh, yeah. I read a piece about um, on the Atlantic about the professional women who are leaning out, which I found really interesting and very up my alley. So it is about professional women who are kind of choosing to either quit their jobs or go down to part-time. So e.g. the anti-leaning-in Sheryl Sandberg's girl boss type thing. And basically for a lot of them that The Atlantic interviewed, they just said that the pandemic made them realize that, well, for some of them it was, it was just not even feasible because you have to look after your kids because childcare centers and stuff are closed. So for a lot of them, they were like, look, it's either my kids or my work and I just I can't. And then for others, they realized they realized that they actually genuinely want to work less and spend more time with their kids. And they just are kind of opting out of this hustle mentality, which I love and find so refreshing. Obviously this is like a massive privilege to be able to go down to working part-time, but yeah, about nearly 2.5 million women have left the workplace since the pandemic began. About a third of mothers are considering downshifting their careers or pulling out of the workplace and this is the first time that this research place has found women expressing such a strong interest in working less. They're feeling a lot more burned out. They're feeling like they have extra responsibilities outside of the workplace and they don't have enough flexibility at work. Some women hesitated to admit they were working less because they're still caught up in obviously the like girl boss mentality. And the other thing is there's still a lot of barriers to women choosing to work less. So Heaps of bosses won't hire people part-time. There's still a stigma to it. People still frown at women who, who do it. The childcare uh, costs would need to go down to accommodate that, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I'm so fascinated by that. I think it's a, it was almost like a mistake in the feminism rhetoric that I think is getting corrected where people were trying to say it's okay if just being a mother doesn't fulfill you emotionally or spiritually or mentally or or whatever it's okay to do work and motherhood at the same time which is a very important thing to tell women but that kind of got bastardized into like it's bad to prioritize being a mother or you should be working full-time or you shouldn't let your career dip in any way or it's a bad thing to do as a feminist to neglect your career which is just stupid because as we've talked about so much in this podcast it's like you're just working for other people to make them more money, really, even though you're also progressing. It's like a weird thing to be aligned with development for women in general. Yeah, they were mentioning it in this piece, talking about it being – talking about it as if that is feminism working. I was like, it's so funny how feminism has just been hijacked so much by capitalism that it's like we think of that as feminism. Exactly. And I think this idea that's happened now where motherhood has been associated with – I don't know, like not not feminism, but not 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 feminism. <laughs> like it's kind of sometimes I think it's seen as some sort of I don't know opting out of something or there is definitely some rhetoric around people who just become full time mums that is like oh, judgy yeah. and shaming, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. But it's like 
the process of having a child and spending a lot of time with a child who's like a, a small, beautiful, amazing thing that is experiencing the world for the first time and teaching it how to be a nice human being or teaching it how to be curious and creative and all of that stuff. That like is just the most amazing, I imagine, incredible experience that obviously comes with its challenges. But the fact that that's almost been like somehow demonized in this new like feminist conversation is so fucking bizarre. Yeah, I can imagine when people ask mums or stay-at-home mums what they do, they would feel, they would oftentimes feel like they had to say something more than a mum, which is like so crazy because that's such an intense job to be doing. Exactly. I've just been rewatching Sex in the City and there's like that bit where Charlotte quits her job because she's thinking she's about to get pregnant and everyone's so judgy. And your first reaction watching it is like, oh, my God, that's so annoying. And mm. then I'm like, why? Why? That is kind of like the last frontier of feminism almost is like fully embracing. I think I guess it's I guess it's because what's implicit in not working to raise children is that your husband has to be making a lot of money to yeah. subsidize that. I think that's where it comes from. It's not just that you're not working. It's that to be able to not work you're becoming entirely financially reliant on your partner, your male partner in like the traditional yeah. old school view of it. Yeah. So in countries like Switzerland, for nearly 45% of women work part-time and the majority of Dutch women work part-time, but they do say that Dutch women, you know, pay a price for this freedom. They're less likely than American women to be managers and, yeah, all over the world, part-time work tends to convey less prestige and lower pay. So people were saying in the article that it is better if women who work part-time say that they're consulting or freelance because there's less stigma to it. Right. And I was – yeah, and I was thinking about how even when we quit our jobs, how it took so long for us to get out of that hustler mentality of needing to feel like we're busy all the time because for so long, obviously, everyone just, like, fucking obsessed over being really busy, which is quite – yeah. Uh, so detrimental to your health, I feel. Because as soon as you're not really crazy busy, you're just like, well, what am I even... I'm not even needed. I'm not even necessary. Like, it's a weird thing to come out of that thing where you're, like, going to work events all the time and you're, like, super, super, super overworked to go down to being, like, working normal hours or working less, still getting heaps done, still getting paid the same, but feel like you're not failing, even just because you're not really, really busy. It's such a weird thing yeah totally we've yeah we've become so obsessed with like equating our worth as humans with like it's not even how good our jobs are because we like anyone who's got a promotion knows like the second after that happens you it wears off in like one second like it's such a fake goal it's like how busy you are Mm. you feel like a like a useless human if you're not constantly stressed that leads into a piece that I wanted to recommend that was in Italian Vogue this month. It's called A Newly Found Work-Life Balance by Samira LaRucci. Something very annoying is that they've only uploaded half of the article to online and the rest is in the print magazine, but the print magazine is in Italian. (laughs) Why? It's like the most outrageously old-fashioned thing I've ever heard. It's like when I started working in digital, was it the same for you? They'd be like, let's just put a section of the cover story online. Yeah. I was like, you guys have not. They did that until I left Marie Claire. Did they? I don't yeah. know. I'm pretty sure they probably still do. It's so it's so silly. Yeah, the translation is I'm being like, oh. I'm not going <laughs> to go get it. Yeah, better go run out and buy the magazine <laughs> to read the next paragraph of like what Isla Fisher had for fucking breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So this piece, it's unfortunately only like a third of it's uploaded, but it's, it's about that same thing. And they interview really amazing, really interesting people in the industry about how in fashion it's become this thing where if you're not burnt out all the time, you feel like you're not doing it properly. And like the dialogue of how you talk to each other about like, Mm. I'm so stressed. I'm so busy. Oh my God, I'm rushing from here to here to here. And I've got so many things on and so many clients and I'm exploding or whatever. If you don't have that going on, it's almost as if you're viewed like you're not successful. Mm. I mean, it is viewed like you're not successful. So busyness and burnout is equated with doing well, which leads to more busyness and burnout because you're having to hustle all the time. And this writing, this writer is writing about how during the pandemic, they've come to this realization that a, that's terrible for creativity, which fashion runs on. 
And B, it's just creating an industry of like depressed, anxious, exhausted, mean people. And I do think in these industries, like any of these hectic industries, finance, fashion, entertainment industry, food industry, all these industries where it's like really high stakes, really high burnout, really high stress. They're all the industries where you hear about toxic behavior, emotional abuse, like employees who are just treated like shit, bad workplace environments. I feel like it's all connected and it just doesn't need to happen. It's such a... Yeah, and it's also that thing of when you're saying to someone else, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so blah, blah, you're projecting onto them that they are shit if they're not doing the exact same thing as you, if they're not invited to the same event, if they're not like as busy as you, if they're not in the know. And then that makes them feel really horrible about like it's just it's yeah. just like making people feel horrible for not keeping up to your level of stress and busyness is so silly and just the fact that it's viewed as a good thing is so nuts like if our social perspective changed and someone was like i'm just really really flat out like i've been working so much and blah 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 and you were like oh like you should stop doing that that's yeah. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, no, that's like if that I, became the thing where people found it the same as like. But I have started doing that. I, yeah. I, I genuinely will just be like, oh, I, I did nothing. I just I just spent Friday watching a movie and I'll just actively say that to people. And, mm-hmm. and like I can see them being like, it's, it's like a funny thing to get your head around because you have to be really confident in what you're doing yourself because yes. you can so easily have someone project their shit onto you and make you feel guilty but i think recently i've just come to that thing where i'm like you are like making enough like good money Mm -hmm. you're doing things you're like writing for places you want to write for you're like feeling happy happy and fulfilled and you're like doing it as enough like you're doing as much as you want to be doing and if you weren't you would be doing more and that's and you can easily do more if you want to do more so it's literally just being like no, I'm comfortable and happy in this and I'm, like, just going to chill out and do fucking nothing and start work at 10 a.m. after, like, going for a... Yesterday I started work at 11 a.m. after just going... And I know this is obviously... We're lucky to be freelance and that we can choose our own hours and stuff, but it's just, it's just like, choosing to actively... I don't even know if I'm getting this out properly. No, you are, but it's also, like, there's so many payoffs that we make to be freelance that afford us the benefit of being able to, like, sleep in and work till 10. We also have, like long time job insecurity and like we don't get paid leave and we don't get annual leave and we don't get blah 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 so it's like we beat ourselves up for the positive parts of it yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. always like oh my god i need to be get like clocking in at nine and leaving at six and all of that stuff and it's like no you you're giving up these other things to get the benefit of being able to work on your own hours or take less on some weeks or thing it's just yeah. We just feel guilty about not being constantly, constantly, constantly stressed. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, yeah. And I'm trying to relate it to, pe- to again, working full time because it's, I guess it's that thing of just being like. It's a specific yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is a specific experience. But even people who work full time, like me and one of my uh, good friends in London, we were hanging out. I think I even briefly might have talked about this on the pod. And she was just like, how's work? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's really chill. And she was like, what have you got coming up? And I was like, not really that much. It's just just like cruising along. And I was like, how's work for you? And she was like, yeah, really boring. I just like can't really be fucked. And like, I just don't really care. And yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, same. I just I just genuinely have kind of stopped caring as much as I used to. And it's like such a good switch in your brain to just be like, oh, I just genuinely am happy just plodding along and I'm not like hustling for anything or stressing about anything. And she was like, I feel the exact same way. And I'm just like, so enjoying like Mm -hmm. loving life and like thinking about like holidays and friends and families and like all these other things instead of just being like, Oh my God, work. I'm so so not eloquent today. No, no, you are. That's like a hundred percent. Right. And that's what I think about the kids thing. And I feel like we're very lucky that we're in the kind of post girl boss generation well, this stuff's happening at, like, such breakneck speed that that kind of all happened in, like, eight years. But I just think about these women in that Atlantic piece that you talked about who were saying stuff like, you know, my five-year-old kid would be, like, knocking on the door crying, being like, mommy, mommy, like, I want to see you because you've just woken up. And I was being like, fuck off, you're interrupting my meeting. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, the fact that we've got in the mi- mind space now that, the, the family is an annoyance that interrupts the work 
is just so twisted. Yeah. You know, it should be like work is interrupt. Like it's so annoying that work exists interrupting our like lovely social lives that we have outside of work. And now we're like, oh, my social life is affecting my work life. It's just such a mess. I know. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. about the everybody knows thing yeah so me and you have we (laughs) us have we've both been listening to a new podcast that came out of australia a few weeks ago it's called everybody knows and it is by the same people who make the 7am podcast which we've talked about a bunch on this pod and basically it is it started because the host of 7am this journalist in australia called ruby jones she went to a party and basically someone told her she needed to look into sony music australia so she started kind of digging around a bit and then found all of these kind of women who were willing to eventually talk to her about the workplace culture there like sexual harassment and just toxic workplace stuff and sexism but she couldn't find anyone to go on the record because everyone was so petrified about the repercussions. While she was investigating, the head of Sony Music Australia, I've like completely forgotten his name. Dennis. Some guy, Dennis. Dennis um, Wait, let's get his name. Everyone should know. Hack, hack or some shit? Yeah, Handlin. Dennis Handlin quit. And then there's been no allegations of sexual misconduct by him but he quit because of all of the kind of the groundswell of things that were happening in sony there was like a formal complaint put into sony in the u.s about the the culture there and basically i think he left because uh he wanted to just step aside because basically like it starts at the top in terms of like letting this culture exist But basically, Ruby was looking into Sony and then she kind of was like, why is this so hard to report on? So then started delving into the Me Too situation in Australia, which we've talked about a bunch of times. Yeah. So we we talked, was it, who was it? Breely. We Mm. talked to, talked about this as well. But basically in Australia, the defamation laws are so intense that it's really, really difficult to report on Me Too stories because the system is basically kind of set up in a way that that tends to really favour the person that the article's written about and, like, the actual legal process of going through the courts is so expensive and so debilitating for the people involved that it's just, like, not worth – most media outlets will just say it's not worth taking on. And the second episode was so interesting, everybody knows, because it talked about how – me too basically like was born and died in like five days in australia in november Mm. 2017 Mm. which i had no idea it happened that quickly but basically after the harvey weinstein story happened an australian journalist called tracy spicer yeah put out a tweet saying i want to hear your stories like inundate me with everything we're going to start doing some me too reporting in australia the first case they did was don burke who 
had the show called Burke's Backyard. Yeah, on He's the thing saying. I wrote, a report of that gardening guy. I forgot his name. <laughs> I, I Like, it's so weird because he's so random, but he also is just somehow so famous. It would just be like if a wiggle was caught. Oh, my God. The wiggles are so famous in that stupid if, country. If a wiggle was me too. It's just I don't even know. He's just such a random human to be so famous. And then you really thought that the floodgates were opening. But then five days later, I didn't realize it was so soon, um, the Daily Telegraph published this, like, very messy – tabloidy story about Jeffrey Rush. He's like a beloved national icon and actor. He's an actor. Yeah. He's like won an Oscar. He's like very successful accusing him of basically they'd found out that a young actress had made a complaint to HR about a play at the Sydney theater company. And based on like third hand sources, they ran a story on that. So they just really so fucking messy. So messy. They really just undermine the whole of the media movement in Australia by running something that was just so poorly researched and like poorly written. And then Jeffrey Rush successfully sued them for defamation and was paid out like three million dollars or two point something million dollars. One of the I think it was the highest payout in Australian history. And then all of these media outlets basically became terrified of having to go through the same thing. I do feel like that's kind of a like a pussy excuse because that was just written so it's like just do a good job like Don Burke didn't sue the SMH for the Don Burke story because it was so well researched and so well done like it it didn't mean that everyone had to stop reporting well basically I think didn't she say that after Jeffrey Rush there were a couple more stories and both times the people sued for defamation and because the thing is is even if even if they don't win their defamation suit if they have enough money they can like fuck the accuser over fuck the newspaper over they can just put it through they can make it sit in the courts for so long that like they can bleed your dry of money it's just the way that it's set up in australia is that if you accuse what is it if you accuse someone of something you have to prove you basically you have to prove why they're guilty instead of it being the other way around of like they're yeah, proving in the US and the UK, they have to prove that it didn't happen. Yeah. Whereas in Australia, you have to prove it as if, as you would in a court of law. Basically, yeah. It's just, yeah. It's, yeah, it's like done, it's basically done in a backwards way where it makes it a lot harder for you to accuse someone of anything. In a court of law, like, it's very, very, very hard to prove and you can't bring in other people's um, testimonies a lot of the time, other people's experiences. So people go to the media because they don't think they're going to get that kind of justice in the court. And then all of the people can come together at the same time, like 40 like women, the like Harvey Weinstein thing. or 50 women who individually might not have been successful through the courts. And then it paints a picture or it's very clear what happened. Yes. Whereas and then, in Australia, you need wait, to. And then with ha- Weinstein, like it only came down to in the courts, two women, because they were the only two women who could actually stand up in court. Yes. So, but in Australia, like, the thing is the court thing. So the, the thing, thing is, is as is a, like, new, a newspaper, you have to publish something that could literally be proven and prosecuted in court. Crazy. Or you can't publish it at all. Yeah. Which is, like, fucking nuts. Yes. So the Dyson Hedron Supreme Court justice guy, that only worked because he got found guilty from an internal investigation. So then the media could report on it after that case had happened, but they couldn't before. God. So, yeah, apparently Tracy Spicer just had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails and and letters from women. And now they're just, like, going unanswered because basically this whole thing has just been paused in Australia. So, Ruby Jones, I don't even know, like, who she is or what she looks like. She made this true crime pod a few years ago called Baron Joey Road. Do you remember that? No. I think it was made after The Teacher's Pit as, like, a new – like Australian true crime pod. Right. And then she was at the ABC. And then I think they nabbed her for the Saturday paper to do all their podcasting. And she does a very good job. Yeah, she's she's love her. She's a cute muffin. She's a cute muffin and like so good at her job. Yeah. Like calm and cl- like yeah. when she's calling everyone up, do you imagine what it would be like if it was you? Yeah. I mean she is quite cute. She's like, well, oh, hope he answers. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll, she like sounds kind of nervous. Um, yeah, she's she's cool. So it's really great that she's now doing this. She basically got an answer from that Dennis guy. It was like the first statement he'd given was to her yeah. about why he left Sony. And in that statement he said that there had been 
sexual misconduct allegations at like every level kind of thing. So he'd given her some juicy stuff. So she's basically, she's got one Sony person so far on the record. But there was actually a thing in the New Zealand music scene recently where there were heaps of allegations, there were allegations against a guy in Warner Music. I think he left, oh God, I'm being really vague, but there are allegations about a guy at Warner getting away with stuff for years and a girl I actually know went on the record and spoke about working there this girl called Amy and um then heaps of musicians in the industry spoke out about how toxic it is and how fucked it is like all these women musicians in New Zealand music so it's just like it's interesting because when yeah it's a similar thing in this podcast right where she calls up music journalists and musicians and everyone's like oh yeah the Sony thing and you're like, how could everyone be down with this? But then I guess I was thinking if someone called up and was like, a model's forced to be skinny, you'd be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if it's just the whole system is so ingrained in that way, I guess you just don't even think about it because it's just all you've ever known. Mm. Whereas when you listen to people saying like, oh, yeah, it's like famously really awful for women, you're like, why are you all <laughs> – have you all this. just been fine with this? Yeah. Yeah, so I think the sexual harassment allegation made by a former employee in the first episode, I think it was it was really thought-provoking for me because she talked about how, you know, she was a young employee there and she was out at like after work drinks with her <laughs> team and a senior person at the team said to her, Hey, I'm doing a performance review on Monday. And then he looked down at her top and was like, and if your performance is as good as your body, you're going to get top marks. And when she first said it, I was kind of like, oh, that's like a little tame in the context of everything we've been reading. I know. And then she was like, that really ruined my career and I didn't pursue work there again. And at first I was like, oh, that's not that bad. And then it really made me think about how, you know, we've always worked with women and how absolutely – soul crushing it would be to be as ambitious as we are and as hardworking as we are were (laughs) as hardworking as we once were (laughs) and to have all of that reduced to someone checking out your boobs at a bar yeah is just it would just make you think what is the point in this and I think this is the thing with sexual harassment where so often we think about these like big stories like the Weinsteins, which are just so horrendous and so disgusting that other things kind of pale in comparison. But it was really eye-opening for me to really, really think about what that would have been like and how many women's careers would have just completely never taken off because they would have been like, why would I even try if this is my fucking boss? Mm -hmm. Like it's pointless. She also said that uh, when she got promoted – she went into a room to sit at the boardroom table and this other woman goes, no, 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 we sit back here and took her to a couch at the back and they sat on the couch instead of sitting at the table even though there were spare seats at the table. Mm-hmm. It would just be like, why, what is, like, yeah, what is the fucking point in this? This is so insane. Why would I just try and try and try? Yeah. That's how I, go anywhere. If a yeah. guy looked down my top, he'd be like, if we're reviewing based on your boobs, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I kind of... I feel like because this is a funny, like, turning into a boob chat, but I was thinking about this the other day where someone, like, honked, men honked at me in the car when I was walking. Mm. And I was like, fuck's sake, that just makes me feel like shit. And then I was thinking about how ever since I've been young, men checking me out has always made me feel disgusting. Yeah, it's such a myth that makes you feel good. But, yeah, but, but I feel like some I, – I genuinely think some women don't mind it because I, I like, do know friends who – who I think do get off on it. And I think that is a power move to just be like, yeah. you fucking like disgusting men. Like they, as in just being like, yeah, yeah, you can fucking thirst over me, but you're never getting this. And I do mm-hmm. think that's a power move. Like I do know friends who, who actively will like play it up in front of men, which is like fine. But I was like, I was like, I don't know why this makes me feel so disgusting. And then, yeah, like as you were talking just then, I was like, that's why, because like, I've had big boobs since I was younger and I used to just be like, oh my God, that's all people look at and all people think about is like you as a fucking sex symbol and and like men just don't take you seriously and then imagine being in the workplace and a man just confirming that and you being like, 
what is this? Are we mm. are women literally here for your pleasure? Are we just here so you mm. guys can have fucking sex with us and like so we look good in the office? It's like so fucking degrading. Yeah, it's awful. So I, everyone should listen to this pod and I think they're going to – I'm assuming as it goes on there's going to be more details. About Sony. About yeah. Sony. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting to watch as that happens. And, yeah, I just feel terrible for all the women there. And also just like the fucking double thing as well where – you that happens to you and then you have to put your name to it to stop it happening to other women yeah it's just so fucking yeah it's so heaps of women were just being like they were just like we don't obviously we don't want this to happen to other women and we're really kind of because so imagine if i came to you and was like god my old boss who was like a bit creepy to me has had allegations against him I've been asked by a journalist to speak, but I don't really want to speak because it was so long ago. I'm fine. I don't want this to be on the record. I don't want people to Google and for my name to come up. You'd probably be like, well, and I know obviously us being us, I would just do it because of, I'd be a fucking <laughs> hypocrite if I didn't. Yeah. But as in like, you would just be like, God, just ignore them then. Like, why would you put yourself through all of this plus then have the potential of someone Googling your name and that being the first thing that comes up, you accusing your old boss of being creepy it would just yeah. you'd feel like it would just ruin your career chances all for this fucking guy that made a pass at you like for yeah. this creepy man it's like exactly such a, it's and it's so, so easy to talk yourself out of it and be like oh it was bad but blah 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 and like i thought it was really amazing how that girl said that guy who who ruined my career would not even remember that he said that yeah like it was such an offhanded comment to him that it would have been had no impact on him and had this huge impact on me mm. um I think that's just the system and it's just fucked. Yeah. Well, we've like we've said before, there'd be guys who who have literally raped women who'd have no idea about it. Like the Millions. Louis C.K. thing, those women were like, I just couldn't pursue a career in comedy again. Yeah. And he was like, I kind of remember that. Sorry. <laughs> God. Uh, Fucking hell. 23-year-old me was like, it's fine. (laughs) Of Louis C.K., so (laughs) I don't think that anymore. Okay, um, Skims. Um, Last-minute quick chat on Skims. On Skims. There was a really good piece in the cut this week called I Hate How Much I Love My Skims. Kim Kardashian West offends me to my core. She also makes maddingly (laughs) – how's that a word? Good shapewear. By Tahira Hairston. And basically in the piece, she talks all about how she has texted her friends shamefully saying, don't judge me, but they're skims. Her uh, friends who asked where she bought her underwear. She's obsessed with Kim Kardashian's West brand, despite hating the woman. And I think that's really like a really interesting kind of conundrum. And apparently it's one this in this cut piece, she talks to heaps of black women who feel the exact same way where they tried for ages to avoid buying anything associated with Kim Kardashian West. Mm -hmm. But then Skims is just so damn good. So it's like, it's kind of about the line between supporting a brand, but not the person behind it. Yeah. I was actually talking to a lot of people about this this weekend about Skims. So many people love it. Like it genuinely did. I think Kim Kardashian's really smart. I really do. And I think she genuinely found this very massive hole in the market and filled it with a genuinely good product that is not available much elsewhere. And I get that she's already a billionaire and I get that she appropriates black culture and that she's hugely financially benefited from that. Um, So I get why it's like morally confusing for people. But she really has pioneered in that space. I know. Quite crazy. I want to buy more skims after reading this because I got, I have, do you have any skims? No, I want to buy some as well after reading this. I know. I was like, this isn't for me because I'm not like a shapely woman. So I don't need it because I don't wear body con or anything super tight. But reading it, I realized it's. Heaps of just bras and underwear. Just comfortable bras, like wire free bras and underwear that are really comfortable. Like things that look, you can wear under certain colors that you can't see. Yeah. Even that, like, line where she said, you know, if you wash it, if I wore shapewear in the past, I'd have to run to the bathroom and, like, whip it off before I had sex. And now I 
want to have sex wearing it. I was like, that is the tagline of Skims. Yeah, seriously. I was watching Below Deck Mid and um, these guests were really drunk. And one of them said to the other one, oh, are you wearing Spanx? And then they had this huge fight on the boat. And then one of them ran away to the room and closed the door. And then the husband went in and was like, the one that said, are you wearing Spanx? And then the husband came in and was like, you can't ask if a woman is wearing Spanx. It's basically you calling her fat. And I was like, not with, not with skims. <laughs> We've got lots of slogans for you, Kim, if yeah. you're interested. Yeah, Spanx. I remember you used to wear Spanx. Spanx were not comfortable. I have Spanx somewhere. They were. You felt them. Yeah. You know, like they weren't yeah, no, pleasurable. I, they were like. I have skims and I have, I only have one, uh, one thing. And it's the like kind of bike short ones that come all the way up to like underneath your bra to suck mm-hmm. in your tummy. And I bought them to wear my 30th birthday yes, dress. Very and they, yeah, they, moment. they are so comfortable. It feels like you're wearing nothing, but they still do do that thing. You know, when you wear stuff that comes up high that that folds over Mm -hmm. it would still fold over which was quite frustrating i had to keep pulling them up but you can get a full version which my friend has basically a a body body suit suit version and she has that and she said it's incredible i kind of wish i'd gotten that but shapewear aside apparently just the like bras and underwear and things are so comfy but i can't bring myself Mm. to spend that much money on underwear i'm like a cotton on (laughs) girl i just wear cheap shit do you yeah i've moved into the buying nice underwear Have you, stage yeah. of my life. I just don't care about it. I always buy, if I buy, if I buy any nice underwear, I like never end up wearing it. I always just wear the same. It's literally like cotton on body, those ones with no seams. Yeah. All yeah, the time. Uh, yeah. Mine's, I guess mine's more bras. Oh yeah. And I always, I always wear nice bras. I mean, I'm wearing a matto bikini at the moment because mm. um, it's the only thing that works with this T-shirt. But, uh, yeah, I wear nice kind of bras. Lonely, R.I.P. Sucks at lonelies. Fucked. <laughs> a group of QAnons. I know, and apparently the most toxic place to work. Oh, really? Mm. Well, I mean, I, I did like... Everybody knows season two. It, well, yeah. I mean, I did intern there. Someone actually put up a thing... Um, someone I used to work with there put up a thing just like celebrating one year of not working at that really toxic place. Oh, wow. That's yeah. like a new, that, this is the new type of like, and I just have to say, I'm feeling so like rested and relaxed and happy. And I'm like, everyone should just do as little work as humanly possible always. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm very much in that mindset. Yeah. Yeah, you are. You've been, pi- you've been leading the way. <laughs> I'm always life for women. <laughs> yeah, Grace is always like, oh, I'm a bit stressed about my future career. And I'm like, why? I know. Yeah. Who cares about I'm that? I'm like, I want to be rich. I want to be rich. And he's like, I just want to like go to a lake and swim in it and then, <laughs> like go here. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> You're right. Buddha. Yeah. Dalai Lama. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to the Patreon now. We're talking about Kylie Jenner, baby number two, Nadia Bartel's. Coke scandal, scandal. <laughs> about John Mulaney knocking up Olivia Munn about four hours after getting out of rehab. <laughs> Olivia Wilde dancing at Harry Styles' concert. Got thoughts on the blue suit. What? Good or bad thoughts? Mm. Wait and see. Wait and, see. <laughs> and then maybe we'll get to Rita Ora and Taika Waititi maybe being engaged. So Bye. come and join us. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.